Welcome to Advancing Word with Dr. T.D. Stubblefield. In chapter 55 of Isaiah, verse 11, God tells the prophet, So will my word be which goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me void without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. Standing on this promise, T.D. Stubblefield Ministries is committed to sharing biblical principles with individuals, families, churches, communities, and our world, believing that only the Word of God can advance us in God's perfect plan for our lives, where we can experience liberating faith, lasting hope, and unconditional love in a relationship with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Dr. T.D. Stubblefield with today's Advancing Word. I want us to turn today to a passage in one of the lesser known prophetic books, Habakkuk, chapter 3, verses 17 through 19. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines, the labor of the olives shall fail, and the fields shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herds in the stall. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength, and he will make my feet like hinds' feet. And he will make me to walk upon mine high places to the chief singer on my stringed instruments. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless his word. I want to preach today from this text. Uh, The subject is the faith that overcomes our fears. It is quite apparent that any child of God, if asked the question, would quite readily say without hesitation that I have faith that I have faith in God, that I have trust in God, that I depend on God. But as we look at this passage before us today, the question is, for us, do you have and do I have an overcoming faith? Do we have a overachieving faith, a, a transcending faith? Do we have a faith that could be described as a ever-increasing faith? A faith that is a, a triumphant faith. A faith when, when challenged is a mountain-moving faith. You and I, at some point in our walk with God, as we live out our lives, we we will find ourselves in positions and we'll find ourselves in circumstances where we'll need that kind of faith. Faith that overcomes. Faith that is defiant in the midst of circumstances. In the midst of, of all that would force us all that would compel us not to trust God, not to 
depend on him. That kind of faith. Habakkuk had that kind of faith. Uh, his name means embracing a one who clings. And he was truly a man that clinged to God. And, and he did it at a time when it wasn't easy to do. Most scholars believe that he was a contemporary of Jeremiah and he ministered at a time of great distress and great difficulty in the life of the children of Israel. Babylon was the preeminent and premier world power and Judah had a king that at best was a weak king. Although he was a son of a, of a great father, a great king, a great sovereign, Josiah, Jehoiakim was but a poor image of his dad. And because he was a poor image of his father, he, he terrorized the prophetic circles. He promoted idolatry. And, and we find him in this historical moment pulling the nation down the path of destruction. There was so much fear and there was so much uncertainty among the people of God. And it's here, in fact, the entirety of the book is Habakkuk's response because what he does is he confronts God. Habakkuk confronted God and and he wrestled with God in prayer. And I'm so glad that we serve a God that you can be honest with. That you can talk to. That you don't have to put up a God. That you don't have to worry about what he thinks. He wrestled with God. But more importantly, God wrestled with him. And, and in the interior of this book, God says, here's the secret. And I want you to write it large on a scroll. Here's the secret. The just shall live by faith. Those who, in, who are in good standing with God, though, those who have a relationship with God, they shall live by faith. So important was this affirmation that at least three times in the New Testament it's repeated. And the balance of the book is Habakkuk embracing the reality of a faith that overcomes his fears. What's troubling you today? What has you pinned to the floor of life? What are you worried about? There's a faith that overcomes our fears. And when I saw this in the text, and particularly in the last movement of the last chapter of this book, three qualities, three characteristics emerge about a faith, or the faith that overcomes our fears. In the first instance, the faith that overcomes our fears is discerning. The faith that overcomes our fears is discerning. It's not, it's not a blind faith. 
but it is a bold faith. It's, it's not a faith that requires us to not think about our situation. It's a faith that challenges us just to do that. A faith that, that's bold enough not to, to live in denial, not to camp somewhere and, and really believe that the world's coming to an end and, and you got it right. It's a faith that's bold enough to stare reality in its face. It's what Habakkuk did. You flip over to the first chapter and in the first verse, the book opens this way. It opens with him describing what he saw as a burden. This man doesn't have blinders on. He's looking around and what he sees, he describes it as a burden. Thoughtful believers, we can't disregard the tone and the tenor of our times. When I look around, when I, I read the relentless chronicles of, of our times, it's a burden. When you look at the, the level of suffering, it's a burden. When I read about Babies being snatched by strong winds out of their mother's arms and, and missing is a burden. When I open the paper and, and all I see in a metro section of the dispatch is picture after picture of African-American males, it's a burden. When we look at the gridlock in, in our capital in Washington, D.C., it's a burden. God does not expect us to, nor condemn us for looking at life, looking at things as they are. When I look at what passes in some corners and corridors as Christianity, it's a burden. Too big to fail based on a best-selling book by that name, is an interesting movie. It's a semi-documentary. An up-close and personal look at the 2008 crisis that took this country. In fact, it took the world because our financial markets are so intertwined. It took us, it was frightening just to watch the movie. It took us to the brink of financial Armageddon. And the movie is clear. It is a movie, but it's clear. We came to that point because of greed and irresponsibility and power in the hands of few. It burdens me that someone can make a decision that is of such magnitude that it can plummet the whole world into financial chaos. We have to look. Trust me, you are not as secure as you think you are. We have to be discerning. These are the times one poet said that try men's souls. 
But that's not all that Habakkuk looked at. He looked at what was going on around him. He looked at the evil. He looked at the oppression. He looked at the injustice. But he looked higher. He was not relegated to that view. I almost titled this sermon, Viewer Discretion Advised. <laughs> he wasn't relegated to that view. He, he was able to look higher. And he could see the imprint of a creator's hand. He could see the glory of God manifested in the world around him. He looked farther and he looked higher and he could see the imprint of God's salvific work in the life of his people, in the providential acts of history. And when he looked at that, it took his breath away. In fact, if you read all of chapter 3, there are some pauses when you see the word Salah. And it's believed that Habakkuk perhaps was a musician or a choral director at a minimum. And he knew that, that when you have music, you have to have pauses. Uh, you have to have breaks. You, you have to have moments when, uh, when the audience can, can embrace the totality of the melody. And as he thought about God... As he thought about God's activity in creation, as he thought about God's activity in the redemptive history of Israel, there were some pauses. Oh, I'm telling you now, I'm glad I'm not reduced to CNN. I'm glad I'm not reduced to HBO documentaries. I'm glad I'm not reduced to USA Today. I'm glad I can look higher. God is still on his throne. The faith that overcomes fears is, an, is a discerning faith, but, but not just discerning in a horizontal plane. It's discerning in a vertical plane. Well, I woke up this morning with my mind stayed on Jesus. So the faith that overcomes our fears is discerning. Habakkuk understood that. And he understood that even when our present circumstances seem to invalidate God's presence past history and our awareness of who God is right now gives us the faith to rejoice anyhow. Faith that overcomes our fears is not just discerning, but it's also determined. Determined. In this text, Habakkuk's determination is communicated by two words. L listen to what he says. He, he goes into this litany of all though, and he lists things that could happen. For a whole verse, he chronicles things that could happen, and then he moves to this point. He says, yet, I will. He's kind of saying it this way. Life, give me your best shot. Give me your best punch. Yet I will, when the dust settles, when, when I pick myself up, when I've lost everything I have, when trouble comes and there's no explanation, yet I will. I will trust in the Lord. See, that's overcoming faith. I mean, everybody have faith when things going good. Habakkuk says, I will. Twice, he says, I will. What mountain are you facing today? Overcoming faith is determined faith. Overcoming faith is some Abraham, 
saying to his son Isaac, my son, my God will provide a lamb for the burnt offering. Overcoming faith is some Esther saying, and so I'll go into the king. And if I perish, I'll I'll perish. Overcoming faith is, is some Job with the worms eating away at his body and the stink pushing his friends away and yet being able to say all the appointed days of my time I'm gonna wait till my change come and though he slay me yet I'm gonna trust him overcoming faith overcoming faith is some Peter in the midst of a theological and spiritual crisis saying to the Lord To whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. Oh, faith that overcomes is discerning, but it's also determined. It does not deny the reality of our existence. It does not deny the reality of our pain. It does not deny the reality of our insecurities. But when it's all over, it says, yet will I. I'm not going nowhere because can't nobody do me like the Lord. But in the final instance, faith that overcomes our fears is not just discerning, it's not just determined, but it's dynamic. I want you all to to catch something, and this is why it's important when we're reading the scriptures. We read them slowly and prayerfully. Twice in verse 18, Habakkuk expresses his determination to trust God. He says, I will. You have to get to that place, yet I will. He says, I will rejoice in the Lord. And then he says, I will joy. I will joy in the God of my salvation. But then when he ends the book, it's not the I will that's important. It's the he will. In verse 19, it's not I will. His faith is bolstered on he will. I'm not encouraging you to waffle. I'm not encouraging you to, to not have moments when you have to acknowledge your doubts. I'm not encouraging you not to be strong. But at the end of the day, it's not our will that's most important. Young people, I'm not telling you don't do everything you can to, to make sure that you can walk through that door of opportunity. I'm not telling you to lay down and play dead in the midst of a crisis. But what I'm telling you is, it's not the I will, but it's he will. What ought to hold you today is not what I will do or what mama will do, but what ought to hold you is what he will do. And Habakkuk said, he will make my feet 
like hinds feet and he will make me to walk upon mine high places. My ultimate focus is not I will. I can't control what other folk do. I've already told you how we went to the brink of financial destruction because of I will. What gives me hope today in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of a still, weak, and volatile economy, what gives me hope today in a time when one day you can have a friend and the next day the friend can be gone? Uh, what gives me hope today when you can get a call at 2 o'clock in the morning and everything you have to be turned upside down is not I will, but He will. He will take care of you. A few years ago, when I was pastoring in Kentucky, I was visiting one of my members who was in the final stages of MS. Family was traumatized by this situation. When I got there, there was no family members present. She had fought a valiant fight against this disease. She was a school teacher and a very good one at that. But the disease had riveted her body. I remember walking in to the hospital and as I got ready to go to her room, I heard the nurses as they were turning her in the bed say now she lost so much weight. She's so light. And right then and there, God put in my spirit that is not how light she was, but it's how heavy he is. It's not how light you or I are. And some of us, despite the fact we're looking real good this morning, We've got some situations going on in our life that's making us feel kind of light. But it's not about how light you and I feel. It's about how heavy he is. It's not about uh, I will, but it's about he will. Early this morning, that old song came down uh, through the annals of my spirit. And I heard the Lord saying to me, be not dismayed, whatever be tied. God will take care of you beneath the wings of his love abide. God will take care of you. He will take care of you over all the way through every day. It's not I will, but it's he will, and he's able, is he able, he's able, yes he is. You want to know this morning how heavy he is, you want to know how heavy he is, he's so heavy that David could say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, and though I walk through the valley of the 
shed of death. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. He's so heavy that David could say when he was facing his fears, in a time of trouble, he'll hide me in his pavilion. He's so heavy that Thomas Darcy said, precious Lord, take my hand. Lead me on. Let me stand. He's so heavy. Do I have a witness that Job said, I know my Redeemer live. And if worms destroy my body, in my flesh, I'll worship him anyhow. Child of God, hold on this morning. Some of you want to deny it, but you're going through a hard time. You're so tired of things as they are. But hold on. It's not I will, but it's he will. And he will take care of you. He will walk with you. He will talk with you. He will make a way for you. Do I have a witness here? You have been listening to Advancing Word with Dr. T.D. Stubblefield. We pray that you have been encouraged with what your ears have heard and your hearts have felt. Explore our website at tdstubblefield.org for more information about us and to obtain resources provided by T.D. Stubblefield Ministries. Until next time, be blessed and remember to stop stressing and start stepping, advancing in faith, hope, and love by reading and applying the Word of God so you can stand on certain truth for uncertain times.